A blessed Sunday to all of you, brothers and sisters in Christ, and Merry Christmas. 2021 is almost over, and we are thankful to our Lord for helping us through almost two years of pandemic. I know it hasn't been an easy journey for many of us. Some have gone through the loss of jobs or businesses, some the loss of their life savings, some the loss of their health, some their social life, while some even suffer the loss of a loved one. But through these challenges, we have been given a proper perspective in life. This pandemic has reminded many of us that we are not in control. It has taught us not to rely on our own selves, but instead to rely on the grace and mercy of our Lord every day. It has helped us to see and appreciate the miracles that God is doing in our everyday lives. And I think that is an important skill to have in life, seeing and appreciating God's miracles in the seemingly mundane things of life. Why is it important? Because miracles give hope to people. When people are put in a hopeless situation, all they can cling on to is a miracle. That is why people love to hear miracle stories, like the miracle in the Hudson, where the pilot of a commercial jetliner safely crash-landed the plane on the Hudson River in New York even after losing both engines saving all 155 passengers and crew. Even in sports, people love to hear miracle stories, like the miracle on ice, where a team of U.S. college hockey players defeated the Soviet Union's hockey team of world-class professionals during the 1980 Olympics. You see, believing in miracles gives people hope. Because... It is believing that something good can happen even if it seems impossible. But as much as people love miracle stories, many have neglected or even forgotten the greatest miracle story that has happened on earth. What is the greatest miracle story on earth? It is the coming of the Son of God into our world. Jesus Christ, the Emmanuel. Year after year, we see displays of the nativity scene in churches and in malls, and some of us even have them in our homes. We are so used to seeing the baby Jesus in a manger that we sometimes forget what a great miracle he was. Because that baby on a manger born 2,000 years ago was no ordinary baby. That baby was the Son of God, the Lord of heaven and earth. We look at the nativity and the first thing that comes to our mind is, what a cute baby. And we forget that that helpless babe is the creator of the universe. The baby, the baby born 2,000 years ago in a stinky stable among animals and shepherds it's the greatest miracle our world has ever witnessed. Even his conception was filled with miracles, unheard of. 
Let me read it to you in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month of the angel Gabriel, can I repeat that? Sorry. Cut tied. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Sorry. I'm kind of lost. Again, again. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. May God bless the reading of his word. Nothing will be impossible for God. These were the angel's words to Mary as he tells her of the baby inside her. Nothing will be impossible for God. Why are these words so important? You see, from the very beginning of creation, ever since the fall of Adam and Eve, childbirth has always been cursed. Because of sin, childbearing has become hard and painful. Just look at the matriarchs of Israel, Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Tamar, Ruth, Hannah, and even Elizabeth, the cousin of Mary. All of these women, so significant in Israel's history, are either barren or, when we meet them, without the hope of having children. And yet, through them, God has established a whole nation and His lines of kings and prophets. You see, in the barrenness and hopelessness, we see God's miraculous works. But God was not finished. He has saved the best for last. His greatest miracle yet, His incarnation. As the world waits for the seed of woman, 
who will crush the serpent's head, promised in Genesis 3 verse 15. Little did the world know that God was going to fulfill this promise through virgin birth. You see, not only can God make the barren fruitful, but He can even make a virgin conceive. And conceive not just any child, but the Son of God, the Emmanuel. This is a miracle. The miracle of Christmas. The greatest miracle the world has ever seen. God has become man through virgin birth. And this miracle happened to give hope to all mankind. To hope even in the impossible. Because nothing is impossible with God. And the God of the impossible is with us. That is why He is called Emmanuel. This is the Christmas miracle, the greatest miracle of all. And it is meant to teach us one thing. That when the Emmanuel is here, the impossible is near. When the Emmanuel is here, the impossible is near. Let us watch this short clip to remind ourselves of this great miracle of when God has made the, the impossible possible, the coming of the Emmanuel to our world.
Indeed, may God open our eyes to see and appreciate the greatest miracle of all, the coming of the Emmanuel. And may it help us remind us that when the Emmanuel is here, the impossible is near. The magnificence of the Christmas miracle, the miracle of the Emmanuel, is not only displayed through the virgin birth and the incarnation of God, but also through the revelation of God. Revelation of God's Word. Or as the Apostle John would call it, the divine Logos. The author of Hebrew tells us in Hebrew 1, verse 1 to 2, he says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. In the Old Testament times, God does not speak to His people directly. God always spoke through His prophets. But the Apostle John tells us of another miracle that comes with the coming of the Emmanuel. He tells us that the divine Logos, the Word, the Word of God which He uttered in the beginning, which was the instrument of creation, has become flesh and made His dwelling among us. In John chapter 1, verse 1 to 14, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is another miracle of the Emmanuel. The Word became flesh. The Emmanuel is not only the incarnation of God, but He is also the revelation of God's Word. Through the person of Jesus Christ, who He is, His actions, His words, His teachings, His miracles, His sacrifice, His death, His resurrection, God has revealed Himself and His will to His people. Through Jesus, the living Word, God has granted direct and unlimited access to His Word, to His people. Something that was impossible during the Old Testament times, but has been made possible by the coming of the Emmanuel. Indeed, when the Emmanuel is here, the impossible is near. And God continues to do this miracle throughout the church age, granting people access to His Word by letting it translated uh, to be translated to different languages. From the early church until the 15th century, the only translation of the Bible was in Latin. And not many people understand Latin or can read Latin. So many do not have access to the Word of God. The Roman Catholic Church and its clergy holds the monopoly for teaching the Bible and did not allow the common people to read God's Word for themselves because the church was afraid to lose their authority. It was only during the Reformation in the 16th century that the Bible began to be translated to different languages. And aside from Luther, who wanted to translate the Bible in German, there was an English preacher named William Tyndale who wanted to translate the Bible to English. 
he saw that many were ignorant of God's Word because very few knew Latin. So, with the support of other Christians, he began translating the Bible in English while he was in Wittenberg, Germany. He finished translating the English New Testament, but these Bibles were considered contraband. God's Word in English was illegal, and so they have to be smuggled into the country with the help of his supporters. These English Bibles were sold and distributed by merchants to the people, and it helped began the English Reformation. Tyndale was considered a heretic, and his Bibles were burned and confiscated. Even the King of England was against him and urged him to stop, but he did not. Eventually, Tyndale was arrested and was locked up in a prison. Priests and monks were sent to him to get, to get him to recant, but he refused. In the end, he was burned at the stakes as a heretic as he shouts his last prayer. Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Lord, open the King of England's eyes. Seventy-five years after Tyndale's death, King James authorized an updated English translation. The team of translators relied heavily on Tyndale's work, carrying over 80 to 90 percent in this new authorized version, which is known today as the King James Version, the most influential book in the English-speaking world. An answered prayer, another miracle. It is a miracle that we have God's Word in our hands in the language that we can understand today. And as we see all these miracles that God has done through the Emmanuel, not only can we put our hope in Jesus, but we can also trust in His revealed Word and also proclaim it to others. What a wonderful miracle. Let's continue to praise God for this miracle of Christmas. For indeed, when the Emmanuel is here, the impossible is near. Let's continue to sing songs of praise to God, for the Emmanuel is with us.
Truly, we can sing for joy in the Emmanuel as we witness the miracles of His birth and the miracles of His Word throughout the history of the church. But how about in this generation? Does the Emmanuel still work miracles in our lives today? No, many people want to witness a miracle in their lives, but many of them get disappointed when God does not fulfill their expectations. When God works His miracles today, does it mean that our lives will always be easy and problem-free? Right now, let us listen to the testimony of our sister, Teresa, as she shares to us how she experienced God's miracle in her life. Hello everyone, I'm Teresa Mindachua, 38 years old and currently working as an office staff here in UECP. So when I was 21 years old and still in college, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid disease. Rheumatoid disease is a systemic illness that affects the immune function of the body, largely yung eyes, ears, lungs, heart, and the joints. So basically, your entire body is destroying itself. Currently, treatments and medications are there to delay the progression of the disease or to alleviate pain and inflammation. But currently, there is no cure for this disease. So the symptoms started showing late 2004. I just woke up one Sunday with a stiff shoulder. We all thought that 
it was due to muscle strain because I was practicing for Youth Olympics dance competition. Sadly, I wasn't able to dance that day. Eventually, the pain went away, but one joint after another started to get inflamed. And um, there will be days that I would wake up in pain and my entire body stiff. I always cry to God and pray that He help me move just one joint just so I could wake up and get up from bed. Family members and relatives are wary of touching me as simple handshakes, hugs would cause me to be in pain. I started to question God, why me? Why this disease? I begged Him to take it away because I don't want to be in pain anymore. In one of my quiet times, God answered using the verse 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9a. For my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is the promise I held on to. So despite medications, the inflammation and pain didn't lessen. My muscles started to atrophy or waste, waste away because I can't use them as before. I needed to resign from my previous work because my body cannot take the stress. I was depressed and I felt useless. Every night I would cry to God in my journal, why, <laughs> why this? I cannot, I cannot understand. All I could see was darkness. And it was during this time that God reminded me of His presence. He told me that He was with me to trust His process and that He is working something out for me. Eventually, I felt His peace that transcends all understanding and I surrendered to His will. From late 2011 to 2013, the Lord provided for my treatment via a new biologic drug test. It was given to me for free. Eventually, as I, I was in this study, my body started to feel as normal as I could feel it. I started to, to move again, to be me again. People still can't believe when I tell them that I'm battling this disease for years. I remember what my cousin told me. She said, Cha, you don't look sick. That is because you exude joy. Joy that only comes from Jesus. Our God is still working and is still doing miracles today. He is Emmanuel. Praise the Lord for the testimony of His people about His power and faithfulness. Yes, God continues to work miracles until today in His church among His people. These miracles might not be how we expected them to be, but that is what makes them miracles. They are unexpected because they are completely the work of God alone. How can we experience God's miracle today? 
We only need to see. We only need to open our eyes and see. His miracles can come through the form of healing. It can come through His provisions for our needs. It can be experienced through His protection over us every day or His strengthening in times of trials. His miracles are evident through the safe delivery of your newborn child or through your ability to work even though even through sleepless nights. His miracles can even come from you when He uses you to work His miracles to others. Indeed, we can still witness and experience God's miracles in our lives today, in the life of His church. Why? Because the Emmanuel is here, and that is what He came here to do, to make miracles. In Luke 4, verse 18 to 19, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Brothers and sisters, the impossible is near because the Emmanuel is here with us. And He continues to work miracles in us and through us, His church. And the greatest miracle He does for us today is to grant us forgiveness from sin, reconciliation with God, and life everlasting. Because of our sins, it is impossible for us to live forever and be with God. Whether you are rich or poor, good-looking or not, good or bad, we can never enter the kingdom of heaven. It is impossible for us sinners. But the Emmanuel said to his disciples, what is impossible for man is possible for God. What is impossible for man is, is possible with God. The Emmanuel proved that it was possible to have eternal life through him. When they arrested him, they crucified him and killed him. They even buried him. But on the third day, the tomb was empty. It was empty because he was not there. He was alive. And through his resurrection, we can have new life. A new life for all those who believe in Him. This is the miracle of eternal life. A miracle only possible through the Emmanuel. And all this should give us hope even through challenging times, even if all hope seems lost. Indeed, salvation belongs to the Lord and salvation is here. Why? Because... The Emmanuel, when the Emmanuel is here, the impossible is near. Salvation was impossible before, but now that the Emmanuel has come, salvation is here. UECP made this Christmas season remind reminds us of this wonderful truth. May it help us to hope in the Lord, trust in His Word, and to never give up 
even when life is hard. Let us also tell others of this wonderful news, that the Emmanuel is here. And what it means, that the impossible is near, which means that salvation is here. For this is the great message and miracle of Christmas. Let us hope for the impossible because with the Emmanuel, everything is possible.